Welcome to the show with no name. <laughs> we will have an official name at a later date. Who are you, woman <laughs> behind the mic? Yes, that is an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kelly Langford, and that sounds so weird to say. Um, but hello, audience. I always thought it was Langford. Oh. It's Langford. Is that the same? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and I'd like, we'd like to officially welcome you to our podcast about where you come to ask hot topic questions in the Catholic faith. Let's go. Yes. And I'm Blake Rohde. So. <laughs> we'll just leave it at we'll that. We'll just leave it at that. You don't need to know anything more. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to talk about hot topics and whatever else we want to talk about. And it's just a... I don't know. It's just like a show for us to just talk about whatever. I think it's a much needed in our community right now. So. Yeah. To grow. To grow. In fellowship and to understand questions that aren't necessarily asked or wanting to be talked about. Even like weird ones. Like <laughs> you're like smiling right now. I know. You, know. you know what we're talking about. Like um, one big question I have is like, it's <laughs> so dumb. No, it's a, it's a, it's a oh, but real it's, question. It's a real question that needs <laughs> answers, but it's like if alien <laughs> trying to hold it together. Because like, all right, so the Pentagon releases its documents earlier this year, and they're like, yeah, so we have like unidentified flying objects, and I'm like, what? So like, our whole life we're raised that to believe that we're like special what do what does it mean if aliens are flying spaceships around us like what does that mean for your christian faith like that's a really weird question but that's the thing that crosses my mind you know and kelly loves the illuminati and we're all super into conspiracy theories <laughs> QAnon, the whole shebang no, not, <laughs> not actually <laughs> not actually but we are going to talk about some flat. weird talk <laughs> yeah everyone just Everyone just got off. Everyone just like paused and was like, "Yeah, we're not listening to this anymore." That's okay. It's go. <laughs> it's here for for those that would like to hear more about just dialogue and real questions, real authentic questions, mm. like why does suffering exist? <laughs> the heavy, heavy questions. Kelly wants to soul punch you. That's what she wants to do. She wants to. <laughs> I, I want to wake you up, people. She wants to punch you. <clears throat> in the heart and let you know that you're alive yeah and wants to wake up all the walking zombies let's do it speaking of zombies did i tell you this the other day that if i'm I, you know i'm not saying that the world is ending and i don't believe that it is but all i'm saying is if we were going to have like a zombie apocalypse that the injection of the coronavirus vaccine would be like an excellent start you know everybody gets like two injections and then like five months later like sprouts like a third arm and starts like you know turns into zombies i don't know yeah it's a very interesting perspective it'd be a solid beginning though you know yeah. what i mean like if i was gonna write like like a comic book or like i don't know a, a solid story that would that's where it would start that's yes. where it would start I'm pretty sure they talk about that in Revelation. They're like, yeah, coronavirus, third arm, zombies. Here we go. <laughs> we need to fact check that. No, no need to fact check. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> yes. Official. All right. Officialness. Officialness. So eventually we will have a title for this, but um, we didn't really think that far into it. We, we want to talk about things that are important and relevant in not only the Catholic but Christian community, but just because it's so important that like there's a common there's like a common understanding because like I don't know what do you think Kelly like in Christianity like what, do people get off like or do they like kind of are they off a little bit in something like why do we even want to talk about this? Because I can turn this off right now. <laughs> with like believing how Catholics believe, like the separation. Yeah. Um, I well, think with my Christian friends that I have, um, I think there might be a misunderstanding of how we interpret uh, the Bible or vice versa. And so I think 
it's important to explain this is how we see it and um this is how we've interpret the faith for you know the past two thousand years and um <laughs> as to why still it's, 2000 yeah I know. <laughs> why it's essential you've been alive for 24 of them <laughs> potentially <laughs> but and, i'm definitely leveraging that 2000 <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so um i think also it's just needed to be authentic in the relationships we have and uh see it more of an opportunity for growth and how our friendships will or dialogue with one another will further our um, steps towards heaven. Like the conver- the conversations we have with people, are they authentic and real and leading us towards heaven? Or are they um, vice versa? Like are they like not? cafeteria Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Where you pick and choose. Exactly. For people who don't know, that's like picking and choosing your faith because it's nice and it feels good in the moment. And yeah, like that's not real Christianity, like picking and choosing. Absolutely. You sort of like sell out for like, when when has anyone ever actually done anything that they don't believe in? Like, you know, like you pick your job, you go to your school, like you, for college, you, whatever you do, you go to the gym, like you pick something and you run with it, right? Like, and you believe in it fully. Like you pick a workout program and you're not like, like it doesn't work when you do, when you do it halfway. And like Christianity is not about necessarily w- like working. It's about a lifestyle um, and like just a way of life in which like we truly come to like meet God in it, like every single moment. But like Christianity is not a, a pick and choose thing. And most of us own our parents' faith. We actually like, I don't think a lot of young adults in their 20s, 30s. I don't, you know, I know, I know people who are older than, way significantly older than that, that still like don't know or own their faith either. And so it's like, stop living in this like false Christianity. Like, stop living in a life that's like not fully rooted in, in like it either like buy in or like, or like get out, you know, but like actually like let's seek truth. Like let's seek what's good. Let's seek what's like yeah, true, good and beautiful, which is like where we find like Christ in the world. So Absolutely. I think it comes in with um people might be fearful of challenging what they believe in and finding answers because it might wreck them <laughs> and like wake them up to where they like authentically have to live. And um I think that uh, I guess it stems from challenge everything. Challenge what you believe in and why you believe in that and go from there. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so imagine, like, you don't know, like, should, well, should it, the Christian life look different? And it should. Absolutely. Like, it's not meant, it wasn't meant to look the same. And, like, we, like, kind of live in this, like, this, um, now I'm just, like, rambling on. We're at, like, nine minutes. We're just, like, <laughs> killing it. About to wreck you, all you Christians out there, uh, Christians and Catholics who are lukewarm in your faith. But, <laughs> like, yeah, it should look different. The Like, when Jesus Christ is with the apostles, like, their lives look different. The people were different, right? And, like, that's not to say that you, like, can't live in a normal world, but, like, to realize that, like, we're made for something more, right? Like, that we're living in this world, but we're living for, like, we're living these earthly lives for eternity. Not living for for like the earthly, for just like your basic, like your basics, like, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever yachts, sports cars, and like cocaine, whatever, whatever you're into, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's like not what, what you're called to live for. Like actually there's like a greater reality to your existence, which is like when you stop filling that hole in your life mm-hmm. with just like fallacy, with things that are like, so like eventually everything gets boring like you get your puppy right and you're like oh my god this puppy's so cute and like two months later you're like you're like hey just go out sit outside for like 12 hours today (laughs) you know i mean maybe i'm a you know i I, what i'm saying is like everything loses its luster yeah and like yeah yeah because the only true joy that you will ever have and the happiness that you have will be only fulfilled with heaven only with god boom all right so (laughs) 
now that we've officially just like sp- spouted off every opinion that we that we believe like um we didn't even talk about what topics we necessarily wanted to talk about today um but i think like uh, a good intro is like um you know like what's your most embarrassing moment in your life kelly right now that's a great starter yeah right <laughs> no uh in an hour and a half just like giving the people some background on like you i i feel like my most embarrassing moment i don't know i know i have one i just can't i just can't think of anything on the spot i got i got one yeah okay I think you heard this the other day, but um, I quit baseball because I got scarred from a dog pile. <laughs> like, like being a, I was in like a third grade playing for the Phillies right here in good old Bernie, Texas. And um, we like had just finished the game and gotten like ninth place out of like 10 teams. And we were celebrating, you know, because probably like our first win of the season. We were terrible. And, uh, but... <laughs> You know, I went and, like, jumped on this one guy where I was like, oh, man, we did it. And, like, you know, we fell to the ground, and all my buddies were like, oh, my gosh. It's like, this is our moment. Like, let's dogpile. And uh, and at first it was fun. You know, there's three, four guys. Uh, but we had, like, a team of, like, 15. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, like, 100 pounds wet. And <laughs> they start jumping on, and, like, I can't breathe under the dogpile. <laughs> and I'm like... They're like crushing my lungs, and at first you're like, "Oh, this is like the best," you know. You're just like with your buddies, hanging out, like celebrating your victory, and then I just like couldn't breathe. <laughs> it's like, guys, guys, like, get off, get off, like please, please. And uh, and then I was just on there suffocating because up up on top, you know, they were just getting to the dog pile. Like they had another thirty seconds of like they needed that brotherly love up there, but they they you know they had just gotten to it. And uh, meanwhile, you're dying. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm dying. Um, so that's that's a good descriptor of who I am. So, like, I, I thought of one as you were stating yours. And uh, mine goes back to when I was five. And I wanted to play soccer. <laughs> and I was determined to be a soccer player or a football player, just like my brothers. And I got excited and scored an own goal. <laughs> an own goal? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, guys, what's going on? I scored. And my brothers pulled me off the field, and they were like, yeah, you, you can't play soccer. <laughs> You're not allowed to. And Like uh, they pulled you out mid-game? Yeah. <laughs> I can't like, remember cu- if it they was... They said you're cut off? Basically. <laughs> but I can't remember if it was... a. I can't recall if it was during or after. And I cried, and they had to go find a, a, a soccer ball to make me happy. <laughs> and so after that, I did dance. I like, I said, you can have soccer. It's not my sport. <laughs> so they're, they're like, you can't play soccer anymore, Kelly. Basically. But like, here's a soccer ball to make you stop crying. But just so you know, you can never play again. Basically. That's like really solid brothers. You know, like I wish I would have told my younger brother that. He was like really bad at basketball. <laughs> But, like, my family totally hyped him up. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, Tim Duncan. You're, like, the best. You're just, like, amazing at this. And so he's, like, 10 years old, and he should be, like, he should be, like, back, like, third string C-team basketball. Like, he's bad. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, nobody, nobody had the heart to tell him. Yes. And, uh, and then we, after every game, me and my siblings would just come together, and we're like, how do we deal with this? And it took us like years. <clears throat> Finally, we told him, and then he picked up golf. And, you know, it's all been it's all been history since. But um, that's that's the topic today. That's nice. that's it. That's the end of it. You know what I thought of while we were talking? Check your siblings. Is like I wonder what St. Joseph's most embarrassing moment was. What St. Joseph's was? <laughs> yeah. Probably the point where he like almost left Mary. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, he probably looked back on that and he's like, that's literally quite embarrassing <laughs> it's literally just the creator's kid and i was i was like sorry mary like, it's not gonna work out you yeah. know <laughs> i don't trust what you're saying <laughs> like like it's a great jo- way to start a marriage <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't even date back then it's just I like know. hey you're getting married he's like date two and he's like mary you're sketching me out <laughs> like sorry like I don't think it's going to work out. She's like, I promise it's like God's kid. And he's like, nah, 
nah. Yeah. <laughs> Not having it. You can have three sheep. Go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. Different perspective. I don't know. Yeah, very different. Very different. I've never had that thought cross my mind, though. Like, yeah. what's St. Joseph's most embarrassing moment? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, topic? Yes. Should we just hit it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, maybe the foundation of our faith. That's a as big to one. maybe, like, <clears throat> understand why we, as Catholics, believe uh, we are Catholic. Like, where does it stem from? We're just going to get after that? (laughs) Yeah, that's our foundation. There you go. Uh Uh-huh. What's your thought? I think it stems from uh, (laughs) just a book that was given to us. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Obviously not. Someone just gave us a solid book. (laughs) I woke up one day and my mom's like, hey, here, this is yours. And she said it's legit. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to be real and uh, authentic with you guys, I think my faith didn't really stem until college of me really understanding the faith and understanding uh, if I wanted to be Catholic and why. Like, I always followed my parents. Uh, They both are Catholic. But I never questioned, like, Mm. why are you Catholic? I just followed. Uh, And it was, like, right around mid, like, sophomore year of college. And I was... wondering like why do I believe in what I believe in and uh, it was pretty heavy it woke me up to a lot of changing my personal decisions and at the time my brother came to me and was like would you be interested in going to Poland for World Youth Day which is a pretty big ordeal for the Catholic faith it's basically where a like a lot of Catholics, like millions of Catholics come together for in a country and they celebrate the faith for about a week. And I was like, okay, really shake me up and like try to show what I believe in. And I was just like, yeah, I'll go with you. So me giving my (laughs) yes, going to a foreign country with literally just my brother and all these people that I don't know. And I fell in love with Catholicism. I fell in love with the Eucharist. um, And the faith and so when i came back i really tried to understand um like on a more authentic level why so so you like you go to poland and you're like wrecked here's the pope (laughs) jesus is wrecking your life and then you come back and you're like all right now i'm gonna figure out why i'm catholic but you flew to poland yeah (laughs) like and did you like not realize that like you didn't necessarily believe what you thought you believed like I get, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I realized that I wasn't being real with what I believed in. Like, I was just living it out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic. Like, kind of more of a checkbox Catholic. So you were just, like, going through the motions because yeah. it was what you were supposed to do? Yeah. So you were, were you, like, praying, like, rosaries and stuff, like, yeah. beforehand? And you I were still, just, like, like, believed, but I didn't have that real relationship with God of, um, like I do now, of, you know, having an understanding of like it's a real relationship to talk to God and like form um like a deeper relationship day in and day out not just like oh I have prayer requests God like here they are (laughs) end of conversation how do you know that you're not just like talking to yourself in your head (laughs) that's a great question there's something called the Holy Spirit (laughs) And that will wreck you. So we Catholics believe in the Trinity. And um, we believe that there are three persons in one. And they make up the Trinity. So it's God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I think when you form in a deeper relationship with uh, God you receive special graces that you can form a better understanding of what that what he's trying to tell you what he's trying like how so how do you like when you pray on a practical daily basis how do you know that you're not just talking to yourself right like that's a that's a nice thought yeah like honestly like it's a nice thought that we have like the holy spirit but like 
-hmm. How do you know that you're not just talking to your own subconscious? I think it's the belief of that uh, there is a greater supernatural thing. There's like, you want to believe that you're not talking to yourself. Right. Right. Well, I, I don't even, it's not that I, I, that I want to believe that I'm not talking to myself. It's that I know I'm not. I think like there is someone up there that is listening. Yeah. I like, these are hard questions Absolutely. because it's like, these are questions that like every Christian should ask themselves because it's, it's real. It's like, if you're just sitting there talking to yourself, then like your faith is bull. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, how do you, like, what does the voice of the father sound like? Yeah. Like, what is it? What does it sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd have to definitely pray about that and test it. So, like, it's obviously, you know, something that is worth uh, challenging and that, you know, like, uh, I don't think he just speaks to you on a daily basis, but I do think he uses um, other people as vessels to, so to speak, speak to you. So, so to speak, speak. <laughs> so to speak, speak. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> I like these questions. These are hard questions. How would you answer? How would I answer? <laughs> a- answer what, like, what part of it? Like, I guess, <clears throat> do you think he talks to you every day? Do I think Jesus talks to me every day? Yeah. Like, or do you think it's more so through other people? Because that's a, that's a huge question, right? Is like, yeah. how do you how do you hear the voice of the Father? And like, I don't think that I, like, I think through my childhood, right? Like to frame this up, like I grew up Catholic. My my parents are like, they they're both just like on fire, right? And and then I just kind of like walk into it. My brother sort of like rejected the faith in some sense when he was younger. So it was like natural for me as the second child to just like, you know, I'm like trying to do the same things that he's doing. I'm like testing everything out. And like actually in some sense, like the faith like spoke to me a lot when I was when I was young. But like you don't know what you're doing. Like when you're like 16 or 17 or even like 15 and they're like, oh, go go away to this other state and like be in this like emotionally charged room where there's speakers and there's all this stuff and then the lights dim out and then there's just like the Eucharist up there on stage and like the monstrance like you you go home and like nobody teaches you how to justify the experiences that you have like the ways in which like the Lord speaks to you in those moments and like I remember my first like encounter with like with actually with Jesus was I was like 16 I was in Kansas um and I was just like praying with like my my like just hands raised like I'm just on a kneeler in the middle of this like I don't even know what, what what you'd call it just like an auditorium type deal with like Jesus up on the stage and you know there's like worship music right which can like influence your emotions and these kinds of things but it was like this moment of just like peace like there's a profound there's a profound heavenly peace. Um, and I wish I was a better Bible scholar because I literally read it like last week where God talks about giving you a heavenly peace, like that there's a heavenly peace that like you experience. And so I experienced that peace there, this like of just knowing like right where you're supposed to be at any given moment in your life. Like you're like right where my feet are planted or at that moment where my knees were planted, but like right where I was planted in that moment and in that second in time, I would purely confident overjoyed like and just like experiencing something right how do you describe the holy spirit it's like one of those things that like you can't describe unless like you don't know it unless you know it and so then i go to college um and like a little bit of like the backstory of how i got there was i was like you know i i definitely like left my faith in college uh for probably like a year and a half and um in that year and a half i long story short um, whoever's listening, you can ask me at another time, but I got like, I got beat up really bad. And, um, I ended up like, uh, <laughs> on a Saturday I get beat up. And then on a Sunday I was trying to figure out my life. I had like two black eyes. My faith was, my face was like, just totally swollen. I was like, couldn't breathe cause I've been choked out so many times. It was bad. It was a mess, partially my own fault. And like the, the way that I was living, but 
so Sunday comes around and I'm like, I'm just like a wounded animal. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Right. Like, and whenever an animal's wounded, it like tries to go home. Right. It, go, it searches for a place of safety, of peace. And like those instincts were just like so alive in me. And I was like, hadn't been to mass and like, I don't know, like eight months, something like that. And, um, so I go and I show up and I'm like forced into this, uh, church by this, like this, like old lady. And it was a Spanish mass. So it's like totally in Spanish. <laughs> so I, I go in there, you know, all these like parents are like covering their kids eyes. Like, don't look at him. Like he's all beat up. Like I just look like a total mess. I was probably in like gym shorts and a t-shirt too. And, uh, but I sat there for the whole mass, right? I've been Catholic my whole life, but I didn't, I couldn't understand anything that they were saying. I was just like there. And when I was there, I experienced like this moment of understanding where it was like, I'd been living with, for such low appetites, right? For like, for, you know, like just like the booze, the, uh, the constant entertainment, like viewing like, uh, like just like women in like the totally wrong way viewing like brotherhood. I didn't have real brotherhood. I had like guys in my life that were just like, you know, they were friends. They were like what I'd consider friends, but I didn't truly understand like the context of like what brotherhood meant. And so I'm there just like suffering of like the lower appetites of the world, right? The, like the things that you try and use to fill that hole in your heart. And then from that place, God just in that mass gave me that heavenly peace again, right? So at this point, I'm, I experienced it for the first time when I'm like 15. And I'm like, what was that? How do I get that back? What is it? But you lose the fire. And then mm -hmm. I'm 20 years old and I'm like, I like, I, it happens again. And I'm like, this is something special here. Like there's, there's something going on because I can't find this anywhere else. Like even when I'm at peace, I'm not, I'm not at this peace. I'm not, I'm not like, this is a Holy Spirit driven peace. And so as I'm like sitting there, that was that moment when I was like, whatever this is, I was like, I don't care what it is. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand it at all, but this is what I'm running after. And so like answering the, the question that was originally asked, right? There's like more to that story, but it's, how do you know how the Lord speaks? Right, like one, the Lord like moves in mm. spectacular fashion, right? Especially with newbie Christians or people that aren't necessarily bought into their faith. Like the Lord, right, has to meet us. We're both physical creatures and spiritual creatures, and they're both like intermeshed. They're not like these things that are like two apart from each other, right? They're like interwoven and like one and the same. And so like we sometimes as new as like new Christians, like we need to know that God's real, right? Like in the maturity of faith, like not necessarily, like you don't necessarily always get that. That's not, that's not a luxury that like mother Teresa experienced. Like she experienced like what they call the dark night of the soul, which is like, she couldn't tell that Jesus, like if God was real for like 40 years, but she had, she had faith. Right. But as a newbie Christian, like sometimes, sometimes, you know, God just has to show off a little bit for you to, for you to know. <laughs> And that was where he showed off in a small way, right? It was in that peace. But then, like, really proving it, like, how do I hear the Lord's voice? I didn't actually start to hear his voice consistently until I was probably, like, I'm 20, about to be 26 right now. Probably until I was about, like, 23. <laughs> like, right? So it's, like, five years into the Christian journey or six years for me. I don't know how many years it was. But, like, that I started to actually listen I wasn't just like going to prayer like oh Lord thank you for the day um thank you for food um it's nice to you know be alive um you know bless my day cool and but it's like actual sitting in the chapel one praying with his word right so coming to know you want to know the voice of the Lord like read scripture hmm. read scripture if you want to know the voice of the Lord like you want to know how he speaks read the gospels you'll hear Jesus speak like you want to understand like how how the Lord speaks to you. Like how does how does He deal with everyone? He deals with everyone in like gentleness, kindness, patience, right? Like the fruits of the Spirit that are laid out in Scripture. That's the way that God speaks to us, and that's the way I began to to read and understand. And then I, I like there was this like holy wisdom, right? This wisdom that I didn't necessarily possess, but it was always there in the moment that I needed it. Where like I'm like I have no idea how to handle this situation, and God just like. God drops these things in front of you, but also he does speak through other people. He does speak through, um, you know, right? Like your conscience, like your, um, 
your gut feelings, right? Like your gut is a really strong indicator of like where the Lord's moving, right? It's that thing that everyone has naturally, but they're not necessarily aware of all the time or they don't follow it, right? Like sometimes we follow, um, like I'm, I'm always guilty of this, right? And like hold it in tension, obviously, but following the, 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 what seems right instead of what I know is right. Like what's in the gut versus what I, what I think I should do next because God doesn't work in the way of, sorry, I've gone off. We're already at 30 minutes, <laughs> but like God doesn't work in that way of like, of, of helping you to know, like sometimes like, why would anybody go become a priest or a nun, right? Like, why would anybody ever t- take on a vow of singleness? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's craziness. <laughs> you weren't made for that. You're a human, right? But there is something that prompted inside of that person that was beyond the human instinct that drove them to a place of relationship so deep that they couldn't turn away. So um, that's, that's the way that, like, the Lord moves, right? That's how you hear the voice of the Lord in some sense that's not totally that's not totally you know all consuming of like these subjects but that's a nice overview like you could teach classes on how to hear the voice of the lord Mm -hmm. but like question for listeners like do you hear the voice of the lord because if you don't like you haven't gone far enough like you haven't prayed hard enough you're not necessarily hard like you don't go to prayer like jesus just do it like (laughs) throw down but like you're Ask the Lord to speak to you, to show you his voice. Yeah. And I think you said it earlier, it's in the stillness. Like when you feel anxious and you feel um, more uh, like just concerned with it, like, and you are um, like trying to force, um, like, (laughs) you're like giving me this look, (laughs) Um, like forcing, like, just like anxiousness on upon the situation and you're not really trying to be still and present in the moment which is such like one of the hardest things like your world is turning upside down and like you need to be still and present in the moment is almost next to impossible sometimes like to take a pause and like really stop your day and say like okay I need to talk to God and I need to have that relationship right because he's there and he's like a gentleman or the way I've heard it is like so beautiful is that like God's there and he wants to help you, but like he's going to knock on your heart first and like ask to enter. He's not just going to barge in and like help fix everything in your heart. And like he wants an authentic relationship with you. And like he wants to hear your problems. He wants you to go to him and share your problems. But he also wants you to know his heart. And I think one of the best ways to know his heart is to look at the cross Mm. and like look at the mercy and love that came from that cross. Mm. Um, and so if you want to hear <laughs> the voice of the Lord, I would really, uh, focus more so on, um, especially for us Catholics, we believe in Lent and we are in the season of Lent right now, which is, uh, literally 40 days of suffering, <laughs> of understanding suffering of, uh, Jesus's death for us. Um, so with the remainder of time that we have, if you struggle with hearing the voice of the Lord and that relationship, um, look at the cross and look at what he says on the cross and really understand that in those, those few words he said on the cross, he showed compassion, love, and mercy. Mm. Mm. And he yeah. wants, he wants to talk to you. He just needs you to open your heart and, and work. And not even just like the bad things too. It's like everything. Like you wanna you wanna praise like, him in the highs, praise him in the lows. Praise him just like raw. <laughs> like like <laughs> what you're experiencing. Like you're not gonna like you can't offend your creator, right? And like The only way you could offend him is by turning away and not and not showing him your heart. Mm, mm. Because then you lead to to thing to do things that he doesn't want you to do because you're not following his path. Like he's not tr- like you're not following an authentic relationship with him. It's not, and you know, it's like it's the story of the prodigal son. Like it's the way the yeah. father. Like the fa- if you want to run, like he's like go. Like you're gonna breaks me, but like go, and then you like you. <laughs> 
we always end up coming back. Like it's part mm-hmm. of it's part of humanity. Yeah. It's part of it's part of our our created nature, which is like you're like how when there's such an all like an all consuming force in the universe, right? Like something that like dwells far beyond like just Earth. Like when you think about absolutely how minuscule you are, how great, how how like we live in a galaxy, right? That it's like we can't even dare to venture that far there's thousands of galaxies like and we live in an ever-expanding universe and then god is somehow in all of that above all of that around like totally consuming all of that and like you expect not to be drawn to it like you're (laughs) i don't know you like right like okay like cool you don't you don't believe in jesus you don't believe in faith you think it's all just like a crock of like crock of shit like honestly that's cool but like you you want to test it you want to test it like go i dare you to pray like i dare you to pray and say like jesus if you're real like come wreck my life and if not like i'm leaving right and like watch it happen Mm -hmm. like watch the spirit move and like because that's the way people view like view faith that's even like beyond catholicism beyond christianity they look at it as like what idiots to sell themselves for something that is so like not real so fake and like our faith is our faith is real and it's honestly i don't feel any pressure to to prove to someone else like my faith like god's god's proved it to me 10 10,000 times every day he consistently does you know mm-hmm. I I got so many stories that we could tell about this about just ways that like God's mm-hmm. proved himself in faith but it's like if you're a non-believer like I don't, you, you won't know unless you give it a shot but like once you do give it a shot you can thoroughly say this is this is a total lie if you <laughs> if you leave it be <laughs> I don't know so yeah that's crazy we didn't even plan that we didn't even plan that but that's that's the basis of, of faith. That's right? how the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> Proof right there. <laughs> That's that is that is, and like new like in in my men's group and stuff, we were talking about like how do you like what's the way of the disciple, right? Like where do you even start? And right, don't start with like trying to perfect the Ten Commandments in your life and like. Well, obviously, like, that's something you want to work on, right? But, like, where do you... It's pretty essential. Like, where, how, do you, how do you develop a desire? Yeah. Like, right? When you look at the Ten Commandments, some people would say they're restricting. Mm-hmm. They put a box around my life. But they actually set you free, but you don't realize that until you have a relationship with Christ and you start to see that, like, the world that we live in is, like, it's cruel, it's brutal in a lot of ways. And it is like stolen a lot of like the goodness from your heart and like the Lord wants to pour that back out on you. And when you start to see that, you start to see the ways that like the Lord actually wants to move and views his people and views um, like his children. And it like, I've seen guys that like, just personally recently, um, I would love to give them a shout out, but it's just, it's crazy in six months, right? Just going to the Lord in prayer. And then all of a sudden, like their lifestyle completely flips on its head. Because they want to give themselves to something greater than their own desires, their own passions, their own, the things of the world that are so just low appetite. Mm-hmm. Low appetites. That's what are our shackles? Like what holds us back? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Which we, we better understand taking to prayer of how, we, of how to release that. Like how to, re- how to not have such weight in this world of things that Mm. aren't good for us Mm. and like you said like with the lord's like love and in prayer and Mm. relationship we learn to let those things go because those desires as long as they i mean you have to look at how jesus lived and if they don't equal his desires of how he lived, then it's like, well, we've got some fixer-upper to do. We've got a fixer-upper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're all fixer-uppers. Amen. I'm constantly a fixer-upper, but like, <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, Christianity, one, wrecked my life in the best way possible. And now, like, it's become, it's like a, it's a driving force. Like, it is, it is a force that, 
sort of starts to stem into every part of your life and you're like, how far is too far? Not far enough. Is that, is that it? Needs to wreck you entirely. <laughs> like when, when does, how far do you like dive into that relationship? Mm-hmm. All the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool. We're at 40 minutes that people have been listening to this. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about Lent? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay. Um, what is Lent? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> with my PhD behind my name, <laughs> just kidding. I only have a BSNRN behind my name. <laughs> it's like 20 letters. What's that? Bachelor of Science Nursing Residential Nurse or something? Registered. Registered. <laughs> okay. Um, but... Tagged and collared. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's what I think of whenever they say like registered nurse. Like, what's an unregistered nurse? I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah. You can be an unregistered nurse. Well, you have license, like so you have certificates. Certificates. To be like an LVN. What is that? So it's a licensed nurse to do things that you say there are different things that you can and cannot do. So obviously, registered nurse can do much more than like an LVN. Or like, yeah. I, that's Very, like a world I don't understand at all. That's okay. I get so, so lost in that's all the a little background about me. LBC doctors, yeah. But anyways, back to Lent. Um, Lent is when we look at, uh, similar to when Jesus was asked to go into the desert for 40 days and um, live with... Uh, Nothing, just going into his own desert and his own journey um, and be tempted by uh, the devil. Um, And we ourselves are asked to take this journey uh, with him to which is leading up to his um, passion of his life, of his uh, death and resurrection. So we are in that current state. So we're in like the 40 days of just like of grind mode this is like (laughs) this is where jesus is like tempted repeatedly by satan right like he's out there fasting not eating not drinking not anything and like that's kind of like is it like in it's is it in memory of that or is it like you know like a i I don't know is it just like a self-inflicted jesus marathon (laughs) i would say um it is in Remembrance because of the fact that we are asked to understand, um, like, why? Why did he die for us? And, like, why was he tempted in the desert? And fully understanding that we need special graces to help us through our own lives, day in and day out, when we encounter our own battles with um, temptation And I would say Lent really shakes you and gives you a better understanding of why suffering is necessary. Okay. Which is, like, next level. Why suffering is necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think a major thing that is uh, a hot topic for us is there are so many things in the world right now that we look to as quote unquote the cure, right? So like diseases we encounter, what's the first thing we do? What's the cure? What's Get the d- drug that with can- with the corona vaccine, <laughs> zombie apocalypse, let's bring it back, OG. <laughs> but on a serious note, yes, like we look to <laughs> drugs, we look to um, other things. And I'm not saying that it's terrible, I'm just saying we aren't looking towards our faith to better understand the suffering that we're encountering. So as I was reading this book, which is um, <laughs> very essential of a better understanding suffering. Is it the Bible? No, it is. Um, How to Suffer. David Goggins. It's probably by David Goggins. No, isn't it? it's uh, The Cries of the Cross, I believe, by um, Fulton Sheen. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and um, he kind of talks about a little bit of the suffering um, that Jesus has, (laughs) the entire book, (laughs) is about um, 
his words on the cross and what it means um, when he says those words. Um, Because if we look back at the Bible, he doesn't say many words from the cross, but every word that he says is very intentional and it's done out of love Um, while in the midst of him just straight up suffering. I mean, he was scourged. (laughs) He had to carry a cross for miles and then he had to be nailed and then pulled up to be raised on a cross, like dangling. And like, how could you not be encountering both physical, mental, emotional suffering? And he's basically like, you are worth it. (laughs) Mm. And he would do it over again. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. And so why we need the 40 days is to remember like, why is that suffering essential? Well, for, for him, for the cross, that suffering was essential because he needed to open the gates to heaven from you know, Adam and Eve's fall because we, we didn't have access to the gates prior. We didn't have access to heaven because you know, <laughs> of two people <laughs> that fell. <laughs> the fall of man. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. But now, um, like, we have suffering in our own lives. And do we look to the cross? Do we look to Jesus to help us with our suffering? Because suffering is so beautiful. But today, we look at what we have as a burden. So people with diseases and illnesses, they look at their disease and illness as a burden. And how do we overcome how do we say yes i acknowledge this and it is terrible and it is incredibly sad Hmm. and you're justified to believe such because it is i mean that does not take away the weight of which you are given the suffering is suffering but are you using that suffering to be like wow like throw me a pity party or am i using the suffering to change the world to show people I have this suffering, but I also have a savior that is willing to walk with me with this suffering. Well, what about on like a practical level for people who don't have like a life ending disease and who are not like in the, you know, hospital or whatever, like. Yeah, no, there are daily crosses. So there are daily suffering. So like day in and day out, we have like things that we encounter in our lives where it could be like, I just lost my job or I, um, I'm going through a really bad breakup or I have, uh, like <laughs> my pipes bro- bursted. <laughs> like, I forgot my lunch at home. Yeah. That's my, that's my struggle. I'm like thinking of very serious ones. I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm on like totally on the level. other level. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, forgot my lunch at home. Like, I don't know, tripped on the way into my office. You know, everybody saw that didn't actually happen. Too Maybe different. that's a fear of mine. I don't know where that comes from because. Two different mindsets. What? <laughs> I mean, like. But you all can, in all. Yeah, you can take it to the extreme. But like on a practical basis, 90% of people, especially in America, like because we live in like cush society, like 10,000, right? Like you see it on a different level because you work in a hospital every day. Yeah. I don't see that. I work in a real estate office. Like. I see people who are really happy with their lives who, like, also, like, don't know Jesus. But, like, or I know, not, well, not, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, like, I know, whatever, whatever. But, like, I don't see suffering the same way that you see suffering. And, like, maybe I don't, like, have that, like, see it as, like, a cruelty or, like, a, Suffering is a tough thing. Yes, but all suffering is, I would say, like... Is it purifying? There, Yeah. I would say there's something to learn from that. So you gave the example of, like, oh, I forgot my lunch at home. And I think, like, okay, you can use that example as, like, wow, I'm not going to eat. Or you could appreciate, wow, I thank you for all of the times that I did have food. Or, like, thank you for all of the times that, like, I neglected to be um, happy that I filled my stomach with, like, that beautiful um, gift of mm. food. Whataburger. Yeah. 
<laughs> Kelly's former manager. Wait, are you? No. Yeah, <laughs> talking about <laughs> previous work experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you're so good though. I had it yesterday when Ke- Kelly. I went into mass and told Kelly that I couldn't do the podcast and had like a freak out <laughs> and then was like sitting in mass and was like oh my gosh like I'm so stressed right now I was like I just need some freaking water burger or <laughs> a bottle of tequila no, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the reality was is like once I got my got a grip of myself I was like oh wait I actually still want water burger though because it's so good um but yeah, the back to back to suffering as a purifying device in your life. Like, I is is that truly like too? When like we look at the cross, though, as like a question, is that the only thing going on there? Like, is it actually about this? Like the pain, like the pain is is like, it's so it's such a human thing. Mm-hmm. It's like actually, it's really like. What it is, is it's, it's that, like, reflection. It's the new reflection, right, of, like, the old, of, like, the Old Testament, right? Of, like, priests sitting there, like, sacrificing animals, like, right, for, for repentance of mm-hmm. this person. So these, like, people would come in, they'd, like, give them a dove, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, your sin's bigger than that. Like, go put that dove back. Bring me a sheep. <laughs> like, we need a full-blown sheep for what you've done this week. And, like, <laughs> they sacrifice this thing, right, and, like, and, like in the name of forgiveness right like so they sacrifice this animal as an offering to god and there's like that's that's like what's happening up on the cross is like god it's not just like we're christians and we just we're like oh man that must have hurt so bad like i would never want to do that so you're my god like (laughs) you know like because there's to be in reality like there's probably people who've suffered worse pains like there are in life. Like, he, there's people that will do greater things than I, which is one of those things is like probably suffering greater tragedy um, personally. I don't know if this is heresy or not, but like what I'm speaking right now, I. But like I think what when we look at the cross, right? Like what are we supposed to see? Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to see like the bridge we're supposed to see the thing that gaps heaven to earth the thing that like the void with which like humanity suffered which was it's so funny i'm looking at the book right now like on our table but it, there's like an apple and it's got a bite taken out right like the the thing that separated man from god and like desired to know not only what was like his but like what was more than what was more than his what was more than hers right and like Jesus finally, right? Old Testament is God trying to repair that. God trying to like, all right, man, like save yourself. <laughs> and man can't save himself. Mm-mm. Like man can't save himself. Man can't live to the pinnacle of his creation without prayer. Like they're just, sorry, that's bridging a gap right there too. But like that, like God is, God is taking heaven to heaven to earth and creating a space like for God for us to be loved by the Father for us to be in right relationship with the Father and in that same way on like just a super practical daily basis like the things that we encounter right the sufferings that we encounter like require more grace than is humanly possible to like on a daily basis you can't save yourself from yourself mm-hmm. like actually if that was true then the Old Testament would have been the end of scripture of gospel and like story would have been over story would have been over like that's great you know like uh abraham sacrifices isaac well solid (laughs) you know we're done we're done i don't know not that's like the be all in all of the old testament but oh gosh oh like the cross is just a wild thing yeah it's so much deeper than just like a dude up on a piece of wood no and i think that uh Lent is truly about understanding that. Hmm. Truly understanding, are you looking at some just some human that died on the cross? Or are you looking at our God who died on the cross to save us and to show us what real love and mercy is? Yeah. 
boom, Jesus drops the mic. I know. And then just is like, it's okay, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, like, to start off before he dies, you know, he's in the garden and he's like in prayer knowing that he's going to die. And so how much prayer is essential because, you know, he he knew he was going to have to take up a cross and die for us. And right before that, he's in prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, what are our crosses that we know? Like, what are our burdens that we know? And do we take up time to pray about them? Mm. Either before, during, or after. And seeing how we can better, like, renew our hearts and, like, get through the suffering with God. Because like you said, you cannot go through suffering well <laughs> without heaven helping you. And not even just suffering, like, humanity well. Yeah. <laughs> like so true basics snoozing the alarm i'm projecting here um (laughs) snoozing the alarm or you know for people it's all sorts of different things like um discipline um Mm -hmm. or uh, you know people go to the every year people make like commitments to go to the gym oh it's my new year's resolution like 99.999 percent of people flop so hard and it's okay you know, Jesus loves you, even if your mama don't. But <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but it's like there's there's a reality that we we there's not enough energy in the human body mm-hmm. or in the human person to reach the potential of your created nature minus God. Like you don't know it till you know it. You don't know it till you know it. Like. I talk with friends that, you know, like you, someone who's in their, in a wheelchair their whole life and someone prays over them for healing and they stand, right? Like, oh, cool. Yeah. And for all of you drawing lines right now on the gospel that like, oh, that doesn't happen. People don't get healed. Like, don't draw, don't draw boundaries around God in your own life. Like, let God be God and you be human. And like, actually, like if, if God wants to heal someone, he can heal somebody. The New, the New Testament is loaded with healings. Right? They didn't just stop because Jesus died. Like, if Jesus gets someone out of a wheelchair, like today, and puts them, like, stands them up, like, that's so much grace there. Hmm. Like, that's so much, like, that is beyond humanity's understanding. And it doesn't matter the reason or why, except for that, like, God chooses to give us more than we deserve. And that's like, that's Easter. That's Easter. That's, um, that's Lent. And, like, for, for, to enter in to try and understand in like some semblance of like of our humanity what God went through. It's not even just like a, a symbol of or an homage to or, you know, like, hey God, thanks for doing that. I'm gonna like just punish myself for forty days and hopefully like match you. Like, <laughs> like that's not it. It's actually just like trying to like in in some way like understand where where we're broken where we need healing and to attempt to allow God to give us that grace in these 40 days leading up for healing in those areas for um, grace not only that but in areas where where we're successful but like where God wants to truly bless us abundantly right like you can have a good relationship but you can also have a great relationship Um, you can be good at your job but like you can also like God may want to pour out on you in some ways that you can pour out on someone else right and um, it's so much more than just like, I, like I, I understand what we were getting at by speaking suffering, but it's so much more than that. It's suffering, it's blessing, it's humanity, it's heaven, it's all these things like in one. Absolutely. Lint. <laughs> it will, it will shake you up. I know. <laughs> the no. best way. So crazy. All right, we are doing well. <laughs> We just uh, we just we just hit an hour on this. So if you're still tuned in, you're the true champ. <laughs> but this is exactly what we will be talking about. Uh, very similar uh, conversations and trying to wreck people <laughs> with topics that are um, important. Also, just trying to understand myself, right? Like yeah, or for us. Absolutely. 
and also for you guys to grow in fellowship with us and us with you. So we look forward to having you write questions and topics that you want to talk about. Yes, you can send those questions to Kelly's personal cell phone at this number. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're not getting Kelly's phone number. <laughs> but um, if you can find us, you can text us. <laughs> <laughs> or just write it at the below where you see comments of where we are posting this. Is it? Is it going to be that? Are we going to be that official? <laughs> <laughs> this may never leave this room. I hope it does because <laughs> I don't know. That was good, even just for my own mind to process through some of that stuff. And like the Lord just was speaking, and I'm like, I didn't even know that Jesus, you went through that. Yeah. I said, How do you hear the voice of the Lord? How do you walk in the Spirit, right? Like the Lord just speaks through you and gives you what you need in that moment. That's we what just happened. Vessels, if we allow Him yes. to use us. Mm. Kelly, tell us about your book before we before we get off of this. What what is which this? book? This one, this one right here. Fulfillment of all desire. No, no. <laughs> it's super rowdy. Yes, no. I uh, I was reading this book. It's uh, about questions of the faith, and it's did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? <laughs> For sure. Wait, do they a- actually answer they, that? They do, and they actually say that. Um, they don't know, and and unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of the only questions where they're like, "Oh, we don't know," and um, but it is essential to be asking questions of the faith and and research and um, the answers to it. I love it. All right, I'm gonna ask you a random question. You're not gonna get the answers, but um, <laughs> that one is too easy. This is a Q and A now. Okay, here's. <laughs> we're gonna. You're about to piss some people off. This is great. Do you think a lot more men would become priests if they were allowed to get married? Uh, <laughs> I would. I would. I think that it's okay. You yeah. don't have to answer this. No, I like it. I really do. And I would say yes, but this is why I think it should stay the way it does. Is because it takes away the purpose of why they're becoming priests and marriage on itself is a huge responsibility and then being a priest is a huge responsibility and combining two beautiful sacraments into one it's I mean can they fully give themselves to both and I don't think they could um Mm. I mean I think it was a necessary thing to have priests be celibate and and single and um fully devote their entire life to the church rather than fully devote their life to the church and a relationship and their spouse they're a different spouse (laughs) and a family yeah okay here's my next question what if you had more priests though to balance all the work then you don't have to devote yourself so on like a 24 hour a day, seven day a week basis to your ministry. Yeah, that would be so like beautiful balance. to have more priests. Um, but I think my statement still stands. I think like Dang. you, you fully have to give yourself mm-hmm. and um, it's a full time job. Either one you choose because marriage, you do have to give yourself 24 seven whenever your spouse needs you and your children mm-hmm. need you. And mm-hmm. That dynamic doesn't go away just because, you know, you have a, a job. You have to incorporate, you know, mm-hmm. your your marriage as, you know, essential. I mean, pastors do it all the time of Christian churches. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's beautiful that they, they see that as a, as a balance, but I think it's more essential to devote yourself to fully give yourself to the church if you are called to to be a priest if you feel that jesus is asking you to come i like it (laughs) this is a this is a this is a hard question absolutely because i don't know i don't i don't know how i feel about this because like the uh the singleness of the priesthood is like officially instituted by the church and like whatever it is it's like 1500s or something like it yeah we're talking about like 
three quarter of the way through like the modern church that we understand yeah. is when like singleness in the priesthood is like established. And then you talk about like Eastern rites and you know, like Byzantines and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they, they're, they're married priests. Right. But we're Roman, Roman Catholic. And yeah. it's kind of like a wild question, but here's, this is, this is something that it says. This is apparently from the catechism of the Catholic church. The real problem with the lower number of priestly vocations today is that so many men do not have the spiritual awareness necessary to hear and answer God's call to priestly ministry. True. Another part of it might be that, like, maybe you guys aren't seeing priests that are living the life attractively. Yeah. I think that that's, obviously, that's not all-consuming. That's probably just, like, a clip from from uh, the catechism. But... I think you could argue in both directions. I really do. And I think that like we are not modeled a faith that is uh, like attractive to like the average man and to make him want to um, like discern his his priestly call or for her like her call to whatever it be to be, um, you know, nun, mother, whatever. Um, But you know, there's great priests that do live it out. And, like, I'd be ashamed if I didn't say that, that, like, there's incredible priests that, like, make any guy, like, right? If you can't actually look at a priest and say, like, that would be a beautiful lifestyle, and then also say, like, God's not calling me to that, like, you probably haven't discerned your vocation well enough. Because there's, like, there's beauty in all things, right? There's beauty in the priesthood. There's beauty in marriage. There's beauty in all these things. And it's not necessarily a question of, like, right now, priests can't be can't be married in the Roman Catholic Church. So it's not even necessarily like a question right now, especially if you're like Roman Catholic. I guess you could always just go be, try and become Byzantine, but I think that there's like, that'd be real sketchy. And they'd probably just be like, nah, man. <laughs> but like, yeah, like we need more attract, more attractive, um, like people living the faith yeah. in ways that are attractive that like draw people in. Not necessarily draw people in, but like that someone can emulate, and I think that that's like part of like what we're doing here is like we're trying to ask questions, like mm-hmm. show a version of the faith that is um, it's real, like us trying to understand it ourselves. Of like this is kind of a lot. There's a lot. Like that question was huge. <laughs> I kind yeah. of threw you under the bus with it, but. <laughs> Like us trying to understand our own faith and understand just like who we are, what that means, and hopefully inspire other people. Amen. Amen. Sweet. So Kelly's gonna sing to close us close us down. <laughs> no, no, I uh, just think that it was great passing around topics and conversation and. We hope you join along next time to hear more (laughs) random but essential topics uh, to better understand uh, the faith. And and like Blake said earlier, uh, I am learning just as well. I love that this is is not a you know the answer and it's done. It is you will always be searching for more and more. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So let's search together. Let's go. Let's search together. Yes. Thanks for listening. Y'all are the champ. Till next time. Till next time. (laughs) Adios.